Chicago aldermen show up for about four out of every five meetings they're supposed to attend. That's according to a new investigation by WBEZ, The Daily Line, and Crane Chicago Business. They found that some of the council's most senior aldermen have the worst attendance rates and freshmen some of the best. Absences really matter because these meetings are where aldermen debate rules, taxes, and fees that affect Chicagoans' lives. And committees will cost taxpayers $5.5 million this year. Joining us now to break down their findings is a panel of Chicago journalists, WBEZ reporter Claudia Morell, Crane Chicago business reporter A.D. Quigg, and Daily Line reporters Alex, Alex Nitkin and Aaron Hegarty. Claudia, we'll start with you. Aldermen attended 81% of the meetings on average so far this term. I'm imagining the reset team skipping a day every week. It just wouldn't work out. Why aren't aldermen showing up to work more often? It has to do with the fact that uh, in Chicago, the city council, they have this dual responsibility of being a legislator and, you know, a ward constituent service um, type leader. And aldermen often say that uh, they don't have time to go to City Hall to go to the committee meetings that they're a member of because constituent services tend to be more important to them than, you know, the day to day ongoings at City Hall. So we found that this was especially true with senior aldermen. You know, the longer that you were on the city council, the more likely it was that you were to miss the meetings that you were supposed to go to. So on average, aldermen are skipping nearly 20 percent of the meetings they're supposed to be at. Why does attendance matter and what's not happening when these aldermen don't show up? Well, attendance at these meetings matter because committees are where a lot of the sausage is made, where a lot of the debate and the legislation is drafted. So every tax that um, is imposed on you, every fine, every fee, every law that's passed, it goes through one of the city council's 19 committees. And if the aldermen are not showing up to these meetings, then that means that they're showing up to the full city council meeting kind of unprepared. They haven't read the legislation or that they aren't doing the job that, you know, they were elected to do. Right. Now, Alex, let's give some credit where credit is due. This is actually a pretty significant increase compared to recent years, right? It was. This is... uh This time it was about 81%. The last time when Claudia and AD did this between the Daily Line and BEZ back in 2019, this was right before the election, and they found about a 65% overall attendance grade. A D letter grade was the headline of that, which was obviously a lot worse, a lot more serious. Um, And there are a number of reasons that we found that, you know, it's all a matter of speculation, but one really important factor was, number one, that about two-thirds of the meetings that we looked at this time around were all virtual. Instead of having to go from, you know, your ward where you have to oversee trash collection or what have you to City Hall just for a three-minute meeting sometimes, you can just open your phone up, pop into a Zoom meeting, say that you're present. Um, Another reason is that, uh, you know, uh, we have to, like you said, give credit where it's due. A lot of the younger aldermen who unseated the, the sort of older, more senior aldermen, they are posting much, much better scores than the incumbents who they booted in part because in... Uh, some of their campaign literature, they pointed to BEZ in the Daily Line and said, look how, how bad their grade was. Well, Aaron, let's let's take a look at that a little bit more. In the last city council election, a fresh wave of candidates campaigned against incumbent aldermen on attendance, arguing, hey, those senior aldermen aren't showing up, but I'll show you I'll show up for you. So are those freshmen aldermen showing up? What's their attendance like compared to the city council members they unseated? 
yeah, they are showing up more often to these committee meetings than the veteran city council members. And I think it's also important to note that, you know, there have been a lot of virtual meetings. It it can be easier to attend uh, a meeting where you just have to log on to Zoom and, you know, you could you can attend this meeting from your home, from, you know, walking your dog, from the dentist chair, as we've seen. But, but yeah, overall, the freshman aldermen are, have better attendance than their senior colleagues. And you can see that with the, the last two or the bottom of the attendance sheet has better an alderman on it. Do you think it's because when they're freshmen, they're just a little bit more gung-ho, it's new to them, and they want to live up to that campaign promise? That does kind of seem like it, and, and I think the freshman aldermen perhaps want to try and influence change, and the place where you do that is at committee meetings. Now, Edie, we can't forget that for the last couple of years, a lot of these meetings were on Zoom. How do virtual meetings play into how often our aldermen are actually showing up to city council meetings. Well, the alderman we talked to told us it was kind of the number one factor in their attendance rate going up. So like Claudia mentioned, the last time she and I did this analysis, the average attendance was 65%. This time it was 81% with some folks, you know, in the 90s. And a lot of them told us it was because it was so easy to go. And the other thing they told us was, Meetings were no longer double booked. So when we used to cover meetings at City Hall in person, which we don't do anymore for committees, um, there would often be a meeting in the big city council chambers and another meeting going at 201A, which is another smaller committee chamber. And aldermen would complain to us about having to go back and forth. Um, Aldermen are less likely to say this out loud. They'll probably whisper it off the record that... um, Some of these committee meetings they just think are pointless, even if they are members of the committee, even though the work is supposed to be important. They'll tell us it's just not worth going. I'm only going to the ones where there are big votes happening. So they actually feel that going to the virtual meetings was just easier. Yeah, 100 percent. I think we heard that almost across the board, including from people who had really dismal rates the last time we did this. We saw some people with 10 or 20 percent boost this time. Wow. Now, Alex, not all of these aldermen are on the same number of city council committees, right? That is right. There's a really wide variation. And one of the fewest actually was, and it's certainly no coincidence, the number one, Leslie Hairston, who I think really broke the mold of the, you know, veterans not showing up that normally we're talking about. She had to go all uh, overall to 194 committees. She ended up going to 181 for a 93 percent. That was good enough for number one in the city council. Um, And so, you know, when you go down the list and look at some others who had to go to as many as, you know, 350 committee meetings, granted also to AD's point, a lot of those are things like the traffic safety committee, which is you're showing up. Chairman Burnett is just sort of reading off of a long list of agenda items. Everyone votes yes, and then you leave. You know, Hairston is on on the finance committee and the aviation committees that are a little more meaty and substantive and that aldermen are going to want to show up for. And so the question of why you have these super short, almost meaningless uh, committees where debate isn't happening is, is a whole other question. So do aldermen on multiple committees have to prioritize which one to go to? Not as much as they used to, because again, like AD said, they used to uh, double book meetings. You know, it's a little counterintuitive. It seems like if they're virtual, they would be empowered to do this more to hold them at the same time. I, for one, and as we as journalists are glad to not have to be in two places at once, we can cover them, you know, one by one. But it is a a real factor. There are, you know, certainly a lot of other engagements that aldermen can be double booked with. They're at events. They're showing their faces everywhere. They're trying to manage constituent service. Um, And so, yeah, having 
committee meetings actually happening one after another and all in cyberspace, I think it makes a big difference. So let's get to the nitty gritty of, of the investigation. Can you tell us which alderman had the best record to showing up to their meeting? Yeah, it's a good question. Like I said, Leslie Hairston of the Fifth Ward represents the South Side, Hyde Park, and, and Kenwood, and uh, South Shore neighborhood. She was number one, 93%. The next four are all baby freshman aldermen, like I said. There's Samantha Nugent of the 39th Ward on the Northwest Side, then Andre Vasquez of the 40th Ward on the North Side, Felix Cardona of the 31st Ward on the Northwest Side, and Daniel Laspada on the near Northwest Side there of the First Ward. They all did better than 90% attendance. You know, I talked to Samantha Nugent, who's in that number two spot, and she said, to your point, Michael, you know, freshmen show up to class more than seniors do. They're a little more engaged. And I think another real point here is, I think, like, like Claudia said, when you are a newbie, you know, you're engaged in fewer things behind the scenes. So you're trying to get into wherever you can, and a lot of that is in these public communities. Well, Claudia, give us the bad news from the investigation. Which alderman had the worst record? Uh, So the bottom of the list, the very last one, was George Cardenas of the 12th Ward with a 54% attendance rate, then followed by uh, Ed Burke, most senior member of the city council. He had a 56% attendance rate. Uh, And then there was uh, Howard Brookins, 21st Ward, and Carrie Austin, 34th Ward. And uh, one thing to note about Carrie Austin is that last time we did this, she was in the very bottom. And WBEZ actually had to sue her because back then she was chair of the budget committee. And when we were trying to get the attendance records to do the analysis, there were hundreds of meetings just missing. We couldn't find attendance records. And that's also another big aspect about this is that, you know, for the first time, there's actual accountability for aldermen to show up to these meetings because they're now taking roll call and these attendance records are being posted online. And so... That, I think, is one big aspect that, in addition to the virtual meetings, that has led to this increase. Eddie Quigg, going back a little bit with the committee meetings for for a minute, you also found the number of city committees has gone way up on their mayor Lightfoot. And some of these are, quote, do-nothing committees with six-figure budgets. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So something we all notice as folks that cover City Hall regularly is there are committees with important titles, important mandates, but that aren't meeting all that often. So we, we went through a few of these in part because we, as taxpayers, we thought it was important that committee budgets with six figures that aren't meeting very much are kind of a waste. So some of the ones we looked at include the Education Committee. It's a 17-member committee that is supposed to look into what's happening at CPS, the Chicago Board of Education, childhood development in general. Its budget is around $175,000 a year. And there has been a lot of important legislation introduced that is worthy of debate but has not happened. And we went to committee chairman Michael Scott and asked why. And he basically told us he doesn't like having contentious meetings. He doesn't want the new CPS CEO to get called on the carpet and yelled at by aldermen in the middle of uh, perhaps contentious debates between Chicago Public Schools and the Chicago Teachers Union. He basically says it isn't a good use of time to have uh, committee membership yelling at leadership of the Chicago Public Schools. Another one we looked at was immigrant and refugee rights. This is a 13-member council committee that Lightfoot created to look at the security and stability of first and second generation immigrants and refugees living in Chicago. Obviously, we have big refugee issues affecting the city, including what's happening in Ukraine, what has happened in Afghanistan. That committee has only met 
twice. Four have been canceled. So that's another one where we basically heard from the chairman. Uh, I, I'd like to I'd like to meet more often. We obviously have important pending issues. Uh, we'll let you know. It's a lot of I'd like to, but I just can't without a very good justification. The justification we did here was that often uh, it's the mayor's office that gets to make the final call of when and how these committee hearings do happen. So, Aaron, if they barely meet and don't pass a lot of legislation beyond symbolic resolutions, what happens to those giant six-figure budgets? Where does the money go? Well, I think that's part of investigation by the former uh, Inspector General, Joe Ferguson, found that aldermen were using um, the, the committee's budgets to beef up their, their ward services, the money spent in their ward. So that is a good question, and people should be asking that. You know, I think Claudia calculated, like, how much it costs for this immigrant and refugee rights committee to meet, and it's, like, the most expensive committee per meeting because mm-hmm. they're, they do have the smallest budget annually, but they've only met twice. Where does that money go? To the chairs of the committee. If I could just also add on to that, I think that the OIG report that Aaron brings up is is really important to think about because basically what it is saying is that if I live in a ward where my alderman is not the chair of a committee, that means that potentially I have fewer, there are fewer staff there. There are fewer people who are going to answer the phone when I tell them about a pothole or something. I mean, that's a meaningful inequity. It's something that um, the inspector general flagged in this report. And, and importantly, when he asked for a response from the chairman of the committees, they just kind of said, yeah, that's, that's the way that it works. They didn't really argue. Well, Aaron, I want to get back to you for one last question. Um, the city's former inspector general audited council committees in 2021. What did he find? I think just that, that, you know, there's leftover money for committees that don't meet. And also when committees don't meet, they don't have power to influence or analyze uh, legislation that's proposed by the mayor. The only way aldermen can get information then is through the mayor's office. So it's not it's kind of taking away that check um, sure. on the executive branch. Well, this is Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. And we're talking with WBEZ's Claudia Morrell, A.D. Quigg from Crane Chicago Business and Alex Nitkin and Aaron Haggerty from The Daily Line about their new joint investigation into aldermanic attendance at city council and committee meetings in Chicago. So, Alex, tell us a little bit more about what went into this investigation. It was a lot of staring at spreadsheets and a lot of <laughs> a lot of credit to Claudia for sort of figuring out how um, we're going to, to calculate this. And a lot of it, we had sort of a basis um, from when AD and Claudia did it back in 2019, the last time. But we basically split it up. We assigned each of us five committees or the city council of the 20. And we went through all of the attendance logs, meeting by meeting by meeting by meeting every month over the course of two and a half years. And we input manually into a spreadsheet who attended each one. And then we went through a number of rounds of fact checks, um, you know, obviously showed it to all the aldermen that we talked to and said, you know, what do you think about that? Some of them, you know, quibbled here and there. And and, um, we were able to just run it through a lot of trial and error over several months and got to this point where we feel very comfortable in these numbers. Well, Claudia, tell us a little bit more about that investigation in 2019. I understand things were a little bit more difficult then. There were no publicly available attendance records. How did that initial investigation lead to greater accountability for aldermanic attendance? Yeah, when we did this back in 2019, I had to file a FOIA for each of the, I don't know how many committees there were back then. I think then. it was 16. 16, 16 committees. 
um, for all their attendance sheets. And some of the committees, um, you know, like the bigger ones like finance, had pretty extensive detailed attendance sheets. But it was essentially uh, a printed list of committee members and then a check next to their name. And so and then they were scanned PDFs. So like this time, we had to then input it into a spreadsheet. At least this time around, the city clerk's office does post the attendance sheets on her website. And that's called the monthly committee reports. Uh, The committee chairman are required to submit them to her uh, once a month. But. You know, again, there is no uniform system. Like if you look through these sheets, like some of them will be 20 pages long. Others will be two pages long. Some will mark down every alderman that's that's present at the meeting. If they're not a member, uh, some will just identify the members. And so the process is better. But uh, I still think that they have a long way to go in terms of uh, making it more transparent. You know, Claudia, we deal with, uh, and you definitely deal with uh, FOIAs all the time, but for those who may not understand what a FOIA is, what is that? A FOIA is a Freedom of Information request, so um, it's a request that a reporter or any one of the public makes to get public records from a government agency. So what are some of the unique challenges that you ran into this time around for this investigation? Anything different? So the volume of documents we had to go through was more. There were more committees to go through. It was easier to get the documents. We only had to wrestle wrestle uh, attendance records from one committee, and they turned them over pretty easy. We didn't have to sue anybody like last time. Uh, the biggest challenge was coordinating, getting aldermanic response. Because we have switched to virtual meetings, we can't just run into an alderman in the hallway any old day like we used to be able to. We had to all coordinate before every city council meeting and say, all right, I'm talking to this alderman, this alderman, this alderman, and we got to ask them this because this is our one shot to get them in person on mic. Um, we could talk to folks on the phone, but it is not the same as kind of trapping them in the hallway and saying, why didn't you show up? So where can people read more about this investigation? They can read it on any of our three uh, websites on WBEZ.org or Crane Chicago Business or on TheDailyLine.com. We will all have them and no paywalls or anything like that. Fantastic. And that was reporters Claudia Morrell at WBEZ, A.D. Quigg at Crane Chicago Business, and Alex Nitkin and Aaron Haggerty at The Daily Line. You can read their stories about aldermatic attendance on WBEZ.org.